How's it going, Dave? It's going good. How are you? No, I'm hanging in there. Sweet. Interesting having somebody else in the room without <laughs> Andrew here. For those of you tuning in to listen to us today, Andrew had to take a short break. The baby has arrived. So, worshipful brother. Yay! Yeah. Congratulations. Excited for that. <laughs> I'm sure he is excited but exhausted. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, worshipful brother Dave Reed has agreed to sit in in Andrew's stead this week, so he is going to be our co-host. So glad to have you, Dave. Thank you. Glad to be here. Hopefully, I don't screw things up too much. That's yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're talking about Andrew and I's podcast. There's All right. There's not really much more down it can go than it already has. So. <laughs> no, you guys are good. You guys yeah, are good. We have fun. It's oh. it's good. Hopefully, my. Filling in is adequate. I'm sure it'll be great. It'll be great. We always find something to talk about. It's oh, yeah. never been a never been a source of problem for us. So yep. I'm sure we'll come up with something fun. We're we're going into this one with no idea of where we're gonna end up. So mm-hmm. be prepared for the rabbit holes. And with that, why don't we go ahead and run the intro? Hey. Loosen up your ties and roll up your sleeves. It's time for fellowship with Matt and Andrew. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Grand Lodge of Wisconsin or any other Grand Lodge or any appended body. Woohoo, there we go. So Matt and Dave this week (laughs) didn't have enough time to re-record a new opening though, so. Oh, it's all good. That would have been kind of fun, though. Yeah. Still Matt and Andrew. I'm just making a cameo. Right, right. But it would have been fun just to do a different, (laughs) you know, just for the heck of it. Yep. Could have been interesting. I hope I'm not. There we go. Andrew, you can edit that little I hope I'm not screwing up part out. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The the little light kept flashing on here, and I was like, I hope it's not screwing up the intro thing, because this is the first time I'm using the recorder. Mm Mm-hmm. Or you can leave all this in and our viewers can get a, or the listeners can get a little behind the scenes roll of the dice. So, why don't we start out with the most recent thing that happened that people have heard us promoting a lot on the podcast. Let's. That you also happen to come attend, which I really Mm -hmm. appreciate. So, on Thursday night, a couple nights ago, right before this big old snowstorm, Mm -hmm. which was like almost perfect timing because everybody got shut in their house for a few days, and now it's zero degrees outside which is wonderful but we had the rusty nail degree here at lake and we had an amazing turnout we had 44 people in attendance from roughly 10 or more different lodges yep a couple different past grandmasters a bunch of people here so i know i really enjoyed it it was great to see that many people at essentially a stated meeting or you know kind of a order i know Many people don't get to see, but what did you think? I thought it was great, actually. A couple of things. First of all, it was very cool to see you, you know, manage things from the east. <laughs> that you. was that was very cool. It was good to see you're gonna you're gonna do really well this year. I think. Thank you. You, you Thank manage you. very well. The rusty nail itself was fantastic. I mean, it's anybody who's been through the degrees and knows the, the esoteric work obviously would be able to to spot everything that's in it. It's kind of a regurgitation of certain parts of the various degrees. But, but it's good. It was a good time. Some of the other things, too, is uh, the number of guys that were here. There were worshipful masters and senior wardens and, and district and area representatives from, from all, all over. over the place, yep. Oh, man, it was awesome. 
Yeah, no, that was really cool. And yeah, that script that we used for that, it obviously wasn't the one in the, mm-hmm. in the official book. It was actually a Lafayette script that I came across mm. uh, that they wrote back in 2016. A few guys. Well, few, kudos to those guys who wrote it. It was a few, good. few prominent Freemasons wrote it, mm-hmm. uh, or Wisconsin Freemasons. Uh, it was uh, Brother Brad Bingheim, Brother Pat Choka, and then most worshipful Bob Strader. Oh, yeah. See, that that yeah. makes sense then. <laughs> yep. Yep. So <laughs> those guys know their stuff, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I kind of readapted it a little bit, touched up a couple things on it for our use and mm-hmm. put that into rotation, which was good. But yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, we had somebody come all the way down, all the way from District 3 Ooh. for that. One of the district representatives that was here was from District 3. He made the drive down from Rhinelander to see the Rusty Nail. So that was was pretty cool. I don't know if it'll be a yearly thing. I think it's more like an every few years type of thing. But if anybody's interested, depending on availability, I'm sure the team that just did it, who has it all in their head, would probably be willing to go do it somewhere else. Again, mm-hmm. so if you're listening and you have any interest or, you know, would like to see the script, get a hold of me at timeforfellowship at gmail.com. But, I mean, I felt like the big takeaways were it didn't bring anybody, it didn't accomplish its primary goal, right? Its primary goal was to get somebody to come who hadn't sat in Lodge in like 10 years and get them updated and hopefully get them coming back to Lodge. So we ended mm-hmm. up doing more of an exemplification than anything else because everybody that was here would i mean everybody can always use the refresher in the education right everybody can always use that but everybody that was here didn't really need the refresher so to speak you know what i mean well but i think so so the one of the really cool things was that there were a lot of people here who are very experienced masons but had never seen a rusty nail degree before now they understand it and, and know what it is and can can follow along and maybe even do it themselves, know that they've seen it done. The only thing that would have to go along with that is a little bit more advertising, maybe reaching out individually to each of your members that has not been around in a while, right. which hopefully everybody is doing anyway. You and know. I had for this one. I mm-hmm. had. Yeah, you know, yeah. I sent out. I well, sent they're not, a, they're not coming for a reason. Right. And so <laughs> I got to figure that out. I got to figure that out. Right. I right. mean, we, we always focus on bringing new members in the door. Right. Yep. We forget that it's just as important to keep bringing your current members mm-hmm. back. Retention is, is important as growth. Yep. And I think we need to start tackling as a group what the retention issue is. What are these guys who used to be here all the time and haven't been in a while? And now I'm going to take, let's take age, health, all that kind of stuff, moving somewhere else. Let's take all that out off the table. We're just talking the guys that came and sat in Lodge for five years or less. Insert your long-distance remote technology pieces and solutions here right and we're going to move on to the other things right right yeah zoom and everything is great it's a wonderful time we live in Uh, i think we you know just a general statement could use technology you know to our advantage a little better i think we could i don't disagree i don't disagree with you there but let's talk bringing people straight up back into the lodge building Mm -hmm. 
what can we what what didn't the fraternity offer some of these guys that stuck around for a year, two years, five years, ten years, whatever, and then chose to chose to stop coming? What are lodges missing? <laughs> what are we missing as Masons? What are we not offering these guys that they don't come back? Now I understand stated communications are business meetings. They really are. Yeah. So but we can offer things of value at those meetings, right? Correct. We can do fellowship. Sonic education and right. fellowship before and after absolutely needs to be there all the time. Anytime you get together, those right. two things should always exist. Right. So. And the question becomes, is is that what these guys were looking for? Were lodges not mm-hmm. doing that before? Maybe like one or the other, or were lodges not doing enough community service outside of the stated meetings? You know, so... What what keeps people paying dues but not coming? I think it's all of those things. They're in in our lodge, Social Lodge. I think the biggest things, especially with the, the newer masters, even the newer entered apprentices, fellow crafts, the biggest thing I've seen is that they I think through exposure notice that certain aspects of their their life aren't quite right. You know, they, mm. they see that there's room for improvement in many areas and they go off and they start to work on those things, you know, whether it be their family or their career or, or anything really. And I think that takes them away. We have had a couple too, in particular, who they started to kind of have family, family issues, right? Their family, families are a little bit older or they were, you know, they're, they're in the middle of you know, a transition, let's say, in okay. their family yeah. life. Right. I I think what what I would like to do and what I tell the guys all the time and 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 I think one of the things that we as Masons need to do a better job, we need to make it clear to those to those gentlemen that when those challenges arise in your life, that is really the time you need to come to lodge. Right? I would agree. You need you need support. A fortitude, prudence, temperance. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> All of those things when those times in your life happen. And it and it would be really great if if the gentlemen who are experiencing, you know, financial, personal, family issues, if they would understand and if we could get them to understand that those are the times when it really is most important to come to lodge. I would, I would a hundred percent agree. And I know Andrew and I have mentioned it before on the podcast that, you know, one of the beautiful things about this fraternity is being able to talk to different brothers mm-hmm. and get different opinions and different sets of advice. And, you know, and those are the types of situation where advice on how to navigate them can be super helpful. So, right. you know, as hard as, hard as it might be in those situations to get away for a minute would also be extraordinarily helpful, I think, to the person to be able to come and talk to their brothers and figure it out, you know, right. in a non-judgmental zone. Well, and I think there's multiple aspects there, right? There's the just having a routine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so at our lodge, we're there every single Monday, other than maybe holidays that fall on Mondays. Right. But we are there every Monday. So even though we only have two stated communications a month, one of which we meet on religiously, so to speak. And the other we use primarily for fellowship, but we will meet if we, you know, if we need to meet on something or vote on something. 
but we are there every single Monday anyway. So to help the new guys study and learn what they need to learn to just provide, you know, assistance, just being there. Right. So the foundation and the routine is important, especially when other things in your life are chaotic and fluid. Yes, you are likely to run into other gentlemen who have, have experienced the same issues and, you know, have, have surpassed them, overcome them, you know, dealt with them. Right. But it's also a place where you know that everyone else who is there is there to support you. Yeah, exactly. And just knowing that, right? So just being reminded that there's other gentlemen out there who who are great human beings who are there to help you if they can, but just the fact that they're there for you is all somebody I think needs, you know, really needs deep down inside. They need to know somebody else understands or is willing to understand and is there to help them even if they themselves don't need any actual help. Just or, being there right. is, or is important. At least willing to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you just need somebody to listen. They don't even have to say right. anything back. They right. just got to listen. But Some, I do. Sometimes you need a sounding board to bounce ideas and thoughts yep. and things off of. Absolutely. I do think you touched on something very important. And you know, it's something I'm trying to establish at Lake this year is the being here every week thing. Mm-hmm. I think, I think having that as an availability and an opportunity that on, you know, when you, when you have the ability to do that, like with your building, if it doesn't conflict with another body that meets there or something, right? Yep. I I think the ability to have it open every week. So, okay. Somebody can never make the second Thursday because their work schedule or their kid's volleyball schedule or something. So they're not going to make it to your stated meeting, let's say, right? Yep. But on the third Thursday, they can be there. And if people are just hanging out or there's a practice going on or something, maybe they're more likely to show up, mm-hmm. you know. But if you, you know, if you're not necessarily like religiously checking your email or you're not an officer, you're not necessarily going to know when like practices and stuff are being scheduled. But if the, if it's just known that the building's just open every Thursday, well, that's a good, that's a good point too, though. You said email. So email, our lodge page app, those kinds of things we all have in this area anyway, a lot of older gentlemen who are not into the technology, right. knowing that you're there every single week gives them an opportunity to come right, and get the information that they would have gotten electronically. So on top of just having fellowship right. and being able to help. Exactly. I mean, if... If you establish a culture that people know you're going to be there like 99% of the Thursdays, yep. right? Like in our case, Thursdays. Thursdays right. If they know you're going to be there, yeah, okay, maybe something comes up every now and then, but hopefully like somebody else will be willing to open the building for you, you know? Yep. Like on my first one, I had some major dental work done, so I wasn't here first Thursday. I was planning on doing that, <laughs> uh, which kind of sucked, you know? And then- Obviously, if it's a holiday, we're not doing it. But just the fact that you know somebody will be at that building and, you know, doesn't give you the opportunity to get more stuff done at the building if something needs to come up that you want to do or if somebody wants to tackle mm-hmm. cataloging your library well, other guys are in practice, the the building's open and it's available. Or if people need to be posting while mm-hmm. somebody's doing that or if people just want to sit there and talk about life, it's fine. But even if you get two people hanging out at the building, it's two people that are enjoying fellowship that know that opportunity is available. Correct. 
So what that took to set up and to make it part of the culture was just a commitment by three individuals, myself, our worshipful master, the gentleman who was worshipful master just before I was, John, and our counselor. And the three of us decided that regardless of whether or not anybody else shows up in the off Mondays, we will be there anyway. And we just constantly, every week, just a reminder, we're here every week or every meeting anyway, we're here every week. Should you need help? Should you need to hang out? We've now expanded that to include other lodges and we kind of make it a point. So if let's say somebody can't make their lodges, you know, meetings or nights because they're working. So, well, okay. You can't make Thursdays. Come on and hang out with us at least over at South Shore on Mondays then instead. You know, if there's a piece of the ritual that you need some help memorizing or learning, if there's, you know, something you just need to talk about, if you just need a distraction, it doesn't have to be your lodge. That's the beauty of masonry and being a master. You can travel. So, you know, pick pick right. a night that you're always available and go do lodge somewhere. Right. No, and that's a great point. And I mean, I think setting up something like that where there's a consistency and people know that somebody will be there yep for them to go hang out with or go work on stuff with whatever or get help or get help whatever it might be i think that might go far in what we were just talking about with the member retention thing Mm -hmm. like that could potentially help with that because now you're making yourself always available so if the person has a difficult schedule they still know when they do have that free time that somebody will be there and it and it happens. We get guys that come on those extra evenings or on our fellowship, but can't make our actual stated business meeting for some reason, right? Uh, they work or, you know, they have, they belong to other, other bodies, mm-hmm. other Masonic bodies that meet on the same night. And so they'll come on the off Mondays instead, but at least they're there. Right. Right. So. That leads us into, and I've been kind of had this in the back of my head the whole time we've been talking about this stuff and membership retention and trying to get new people in the door and Mm -hmm. keeping guys coming back. So obviously our bullet points are consistency, being available to your brothers, having the lodge, building available on a regular basis, education, fellowship, all those kinds of things are going to help keep, hopefully help keep them there. So the one kicker though, though, the one item in getting guys to continually come back is doing everything you can to understand their expectations of Freemasonry. Right. Are they joining because they know there's something important in it, but they don't know what it is? Are they coming because they're looking for fun? Are they coming because they are looking for maybe some kind of, of secret or path in their improving themselves and their families and their lives and their communities? You know, if they're not only their expectations about what to get out of it, but mainly even, or maybe even understanding if they don't, you getting to know them well enough to understand what the, what the best return on their time investment could be and getting them to understand that. Well, and I think, I think that's, you know, easily identifiable if you throw a variety of stuff on your calendar. And by mm-hmm. a variety of stuff on your calendar, I mean a variety of stuff on your calendar. See, you got your stated meetings, right? You're going to draw certain people that are going to come to that, especially if they know you have fellowship and education. 
Maybe if you're going out and doing a community volunteer activity, you might see brothers that you never see at a stated meeting, but all of a sudden they show up to this volunteer activity, right? Old-fashioned Christmas. Or, right, or <laughs> we, we get three or four at our old-fashioned Christmas event that never show up during the year, but they show up to that. Right, yeah. right. right. Or, or you have like a fellowship event, right? Like that mm-hmm. or a table lodge or something. And then all of a sudden people show up to that. So it's like if you see the same brothers showing up only for the same kind of events over and over and over again, you can understand what they're looking for. And then maybe it's not that they're not active in the fraternity. It's just they're not coming to certain types of events because that's not what interests them. Right. So correct. Maybe that's when you see somebody only showing up at fellowship events, you start reminding them that, Hey, we do have a dinner before our stated meeting. And like in our case, we usually stop out somewhere after our stated meeting, you know, so there is that fellowship aspect to it, but you could come find out, you know, more about what's going on with the lodge if you showed up and you could still get that fellowship that you enjoy. (laughs) Right. You know, so I think it's a matter of finding the right way to pitch it to to these guys sometimes, mm-hmm. like making sure that you're you're playing into what they're interested in. Yep. It's also sometimes just getting them involved, giving them a small task or a small mm-hmm. responsibility or, you know, so that they're vested yep. in arriving and in participating. I think what you find a lot of what's what's very pervasive in, in Freemasonry are guys who want to help people. Oh, yeah help other people and through helping other people, they get better at, you know, handling their own, you know, life. And so offering them opportunities to help people, maybe having, you know, a group of four or five guys who are committed to helping the FCs and EAs practice or Mm -hmm. learn what they need to learn. Right. Maybe, you know, a group of four, five, six guys who really are, are devoted or committed to, providing a fantastic degree experience, right? right. Put them on a, on a degree team. The thing is, I think for a long time, Masonry's numbers, at least in this area, were, were a little low for that. So what you had was you had guys who did a little bit of everything, right? You had to be good at at least a few things relating to the degrees. You had to be good at at least a few things relating to the business and the paperwork. You had to be really good at a few things relating mm-hmm. to, you know, event planning and, and you know, fellowship and those kinds of things. So you had to be, you know, I won't say jack of all trades, but maybe a, you know, a master of all trades. <laughs> well, I mean, you could still say a jack of all trades, though, because at the end of the day, when you end up being a jack of all trades, you end up being a master of none, right? Well, so, uh, I mean, you can, you can perfect. You can be a master of perfect. two or three, can, but a jack of everything else. Right. You can perfect maybe one or two things, <laughs> right, right? Right. Yeah. No, but, no, no. but like ultimately, when you have to divide your focus like that, and I, I, I think I get oh, yeah. where you were going, when yeah, you yeah. have to divide your focus, you're not gonna do any one of those uh, things a hundred percent. Right. Right. There's no way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Totally. You're not gonna be as close to perfect as possible on Correct. any one of them. Correct. You'll be competent in all of them, guaranteed, and maybe yeah. you'll even be really good in all of them. Right. But you're not gonna be like as stellar. good as you can. Right. right. The best you can. So now, as we get more guys, I think yes. it is important and. I think it's a important to get them off the sidelines. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Get that vested interest in the fraternity. I think that's very important. You need to have people's buy-in 
to yep. to accomplish stuff, right? So get him off the sideline, get him interested, having him be part of a committee or even just planning a small event or something or one little piece of something mm-hmm. is huge and very helpful. Yep. Hey, so, can you stop and get us a stack of paper plates on your way in? If you don't get them, nobody else will. So, yeah. Right, yeah. You it might know. seem trivial, but it's actually critical. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it's it's a task. Otherwise, we're all eating out of our hands, you know? <laughs> it's it's putting your trust in someone, which I think goes Correct. a long way, too, yes. and makes them feel like they want to be involved, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge. Many um, hands make late work. You know, with this whole Thursday, you know, me trying to get it where the lodge is open every week, we have a brother who's on the sidelines who's now like, hey, can I come to the practices? Can I come to this? Oh, can yeah. I come to all that? And I'm like, well, yeah, because if nothing else, we need somebody to be the candidate, quote unquote, mm-hmm. for the practice. So, you know, and you can learn some more. Like, yeah, definitely. You're more than welcome to come by. That's why the building's open. You're actually like, encouraged. Right. Like, by the way, any uh, listeners of South Shore Lodge that don't come to Lodge every week, hey, you're, <laughs> you're encouraged to be there. <laughs> we love to see you. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you think that any of the problems that we're like experience with, experiencing with membership retention and, you know, growth and stuff like that has anything to do with the fact that there is so much more to do than there used to be. Like, and what I mean by that is 70 years ago, you didn't have a computer in your pocket that you could play videos anytime, anywhere you wanted, or games. You didn't have PlayStations. You didn't have TV like we do now. (laughs) You know, like. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think to some degree that is true. I do think, however, that it is also generational and cyclical in mm-hmm. nature. You will see different generations of of people. You know, greatest generation was all about the community and and working together and and structures or institutions and and processes at the same time, connections and teamwork and working with people, right? Right. That was a big thing of the greatest generation, right? We're going to do this, we're going to do it all together. Right. You start getting into the baby boomers and now it's about, you know, wanting to make a change in the world and, and, you know, leave a good, positive, strong mark. You get into my generation, by the way, Gen X, tail end of Gen X, but Gen X nonetheless. And it becomes a little bit more personal, right? It's rugged individualism, right? Self-identity and, you know, me and me and me, whether, (laughs) you know, you also then relate that to other people or not is a whole different thing. So it's starting to cycle back around again to this, you know, to this institution, the structures, the teamwork, what can I give, how can I make a difference to the whole effort, you know? Right. So it's, it's, so some of that is cyclical too, right? It changes with generations. I think technology moves so quickly and has moved so quickly, especially in these last two or three generations that and by the way everybody who's listening i work in the uh, technology field i'm an it guy have been <laughs> for for many decades anyway <laughs> that being said so everybody knows i'm not just throwing this out here this is these are a lot of trends that i have noticed i've also read a lot of books on the subject and right. agree with many of the things that those books have said the technology moves so quickly and with any new technology 
there's always, you know, an assimilation period. How are we going to use it? Where is this really useful and practical? And so some of what we're seeing with, you know, sitting in front of computers and playing, you know, online video games and, and those kinds of things, keeping in mind that, you know, I don't know, I don't do it. I can only suspect that maybe in a lot of cases, it's, it's about not only having some kind of, you know, fantasy release from reality, mm-hmm. but you're also able to make interpersonal connections, right? right? So you're chatting with real people online in real time, but you're also participating with those people in real time in a fantasy world, right? So you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. Right. I think that I think that will start to shift and change as people get get used to two things. Like maybe they find that, okay, this is great and it's very fulfilling in certain ways, but my, my life in the real world isn't, isn't benefiting from all of this time and commitment in this virtual world. So I'm going to start to, you know, take some of my time. I'm going to commit to making some of my time dedicated to the real world and real interpersonal face-to-face connections, right? Right. And I think we're starting to see that. That's why I think a lot of the the gentlemen who have joined Masonry recently in this area have been younger. They've been in their, you know, 20s and early 30s. Right. I think a very large number of them, if I remember the numbers correctly. Yeah. I've said that before too, is that I think this newer generation, it's it's going back, or some of these younger generations, some of these younger men are looking for person-to-person human contact because Absolutely. a lot of their life has not involved like actual physical being out in the world, doing stuff with other people. It's a lot of online interactions through social media, which I also think we're still going through that assimilation process Absolutely. you were just talking about yeah. with. I don't think we understand how to use <laughs> social media for the betterment of humanity yet. When it keeps changing <laughs> and there's there's changes and additions in the technology world so quickly now that it's it's going to be rough right. to sort this out. Well, and it's going to get quicker now too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With with as AI keeps getting better and better, the the assistance that AI is going to be able to offer in technological advancement in the future here might make things start moving even faster on us, which could just catapult this whole problem into areas we wouldn't expect. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, maybe change and rapid change will become the norm. And Mm. we as human beings being as adaptable as we are, I know it doesn't seem like it in the, in short time periods, but in long time periods, we seem to be very adaptable. I think over time we will learn to adapt the quick and rapid change will become the norm. And hopefully we as a society will get better at identifying which technologies and pieces and, and processes suit us best in which situations maybe we'll get better at identifying where certain technologies fit in our lives. I feel like I'm going to end up really relating to Homer Simpson quote. If we start adapting and moving faster, the one where I can never remember the line perfectly, but (laughs) I used to be with it when I knew what it was, but now I don't know what it is anymore. And what it is, is scary. And I'm afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know that I didn't nail it. I know there's going to be some Simpsons fans out there. that are going to be like, how do you not get that one right? 
That's I why love I love the. It's one of my favorites. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's why I love the foundation and the first principles in Freemasonry. Bringing this back around, is that those things will always be true. The foundations yeah. and the first principles that you learn in the degrees and in your charges, I think, will always be true. And those are things that will carry you through any other changes that occur in your life or in your lifetime, whether they be technological, personal, societal, you know. That's that's a very valid point. That is, yeah, on the nose. I can't disagree with you there. Yeah, the, the values that we try to instill through the lessons of Freemasonry are timeless. Mm-hmm. Yep. And always applicable. And I think that's a great place to end it and do some news and events. Excellent. So we're going to pause this a second. All right, let's uh, take a look at some news. So back on December 20th, Milton Lodge helped their local food bank with a $850 donation from the lodge. Pretty awesome. And Manitowoc Lodge donated some gifts for families in need um, through multiple efforts of matching funds and stuff like that. Manitowoc Lodge was able to donate $1,500 worth of gifts for the Salvation Army Adopt-A-Family program. So that's pretty awesome work by both those lodges. Thank you very much. Keep doing that good. All right, we'll talk about some events here real quick. So this episode comes out on January 18th, and the very next day, January 19th, the Wisconsin Masonic Blood Center Drive is going on from 1 to 5. You can log on to redcrossblood.org and use the sponsor code WIMasonicCenter. Walk-ins are welcome, or you could also reach out to the Blood Center of Wisconsin at 800-733-2767 if you are interested in doing that. On January 25th, the Lake Lodge will be having their annual Robert Burns dinner. You've heard us talk about events on that multiple times. RSVPs are due the day this episode comes out. So if you are late on getting your RSVP and haven't yet, Feel free to reach out to one of the officers of Lake. You can find all their information on our lodge page or Mori or email timeforfellowship at gmail.com and I will get back to you as to how to handle a last minute reservation. January 29th, South Shore Lodge is having an EA at 7 p.m. So if you'd like to go to that, feel free. 6 p.m. Dinner. Dinner at 6. Let somebody at so sure know if you're going to be joining that on february 10th james m hayes lodge is having their crawfish boil again i went to this event last year and had a really really good time i'm planning on attending this year again it is a stag event so you don't have to be a mason to attend but you do have to be a man it is from. It starts at one o'clock in the afternoon. It's thirty dollars. It's going to be over at the Northwest Masonic Center, and you can RSVP to the Junior Warden of Hayes, Bob Skaradinsky, or the Secretary Jim McGuigan for the event. On February seventeenth, Waterloo Lodge is having their Valentine's Day luncheon. 
Social hour at 11 a.m. Meal at 12, it's $50 a couple. You can RSVP to dance tomorrow. On February 24th, there is a Masonic Acts of Kindness Gala at the Eau Claire Masonic Center. This is a fundraiser for Acts of Kindness. You can find more information about that in the WMJ. On February 24th, Waukesha Lodge is holding their 7th annual Shrimp Boil. $30 a person includes your meal and first drink. They do have a chicken option if you're not into shrimp and andouille, but do need advance notice on that. There will be raffles and a silent auction. It's casual dress, and this is open to everyone, so bring your ladies. I know Lake Lodge is trying to get together enough guys to have a table out there, so I will be out there for sure, and I, as long as we can get a sitter, my lady Olivia will be with me. So come, come join us out at Waukesha Lodge for a great event. Doors open at 5 dinners at six and they do do cash or card for raffles and silent auction and you should be able to find rsvp information to get your tickets on facebook at the waukesha on the waukesha page or there is a flyer circulating around friday march 1st lake lodge is holding what's become their annual axe throwing event at north south club from seven to nine we need RSVPs for that by February 16th to Jeff Teeley. Space is limited for that. They can only support so many of us. Cost is determined by the number of participants. As the more go, the cheaper the cost gets per person. On March 9th, the Tom Torville Interstate Lodges Table Lodge at the Toma Masonic Center. Please RSVP to the District Deputy of District 5, Jacob Schultz. On March 23rd, the Valley of La Crosse is having their Scottish Rite reunion, and on the 28th, they have the Feast of the Paschal Lamb. Thank you very much for listening today. Dave, thank you very much for coming in and filling in for Andrew, and I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point. Excellent. All right, everybody, you guys have a great day. Stay warm out there. It looks like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's supposed to warm up after these few days of single and negative digits, but make sure you stay warm and have a good one. Mm-hmm.